Okay, who were here last Sunday? Wow, almost majority. And the rest were? Were what? Raptured. Okay, so that reminds me, you know, uh, there were three pastors. Okay, the Baptist pastor. No, 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 there were three men of God. The priest, the Baptist pastor, and the uh, charismatic pastor. So all of them suddenly died. And you know, they are Christians. You know, these are not theologically sound. This is just a story. You might say later, oh, 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 that's, that's, that's truth. No. So they went to heaven, and when they got to heaven, St. Peter met them at the door. And St. Peter just scratched his head. And then he started to text. He texted Satan. He said, hey, Mr. Satan, do you have vacancy there? Because heaven is kind of full this, this, this time. So Satan replied, okay, go ahead, send them to me. After a while, Satan called St. Peter. He said, you know what? Get these people out of here. And St. Peter said, why? Well, because the, the priest, he keeps on converting people and, you know, uh, preaching about, uh, about salvation. And, you know, this Baptist, this Baptist minister, he keeps on telling them about salvation and people are getting baptized. And, and St. Peter said, what happened to the charismatic pastor? He's here raising funds for the air conditioning unit. <laughs> okay, so that's just a story, huh? It's not in the book of Revelation, so please. Okay, so last Sunday we talked about what? The great rescue. Who among you here rescued somebody this week? Suddenly, there was silence. Okay, so if you have not rescued somebody this week, I would, I would encourage you that this week is a great time to rescue somebody. Invite them to attend our, our encounter. And that's going to happen when? October 31st to November 1st. And how much is the registration fee? Huh? Free. It's, going, it's not actually free because we're going to shoulder cost and the church is going to, to spend for that. Amen? So um, who among you here is going to invite somebody to attend the encounter? Who among you here have not attended the encounter? Who wants to have an encounter? Who, are, who among you are going to attend on October 31st? Okay, Lord, please take the picture. Okay. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We ask, dear Lord, that you will be with us, and I pray that, Lord, you will override my preparation, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you move in our midst, touch the hearts of each and every one, and those who are not here, Father, wherever they are, I pray, dear Lord, that you will reach out to them and let them feel your love and embrace in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning, I have entitled my message as the deal is still on. Okay? The deal is still on. I wanted to invite everybody to please stand up as we read the Word of God. 
Uh, we will read Genesis chapter 15. We will start reading from verse 1 up to verse 21. Okay, don't worry. It's easier to pronounce this chapter than the one last Sunday. Okay? After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you. Your reward shall be very great. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but the one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord and reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of Chaldeans to give you this land to possess it. He said, O Lord God, how may I know I will possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. The birds of prey came down upon the carcasses, and Abram drove them out. And oppress 400 years but I will also judge the nation whom they will serve and afterward they will come out with many possessions as for you you shall go to your fathers in peace you will be buried at a good old age then in the fourth generation they will turn here for the iniquity of the Amorite is not yet complete it came about when the Sun had set that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flaming torch which passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the Kenite and the Kenesite and the Candomite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Rephaim, and the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Gergashites, and the Jebusites. Okay, you may all sit be seated. Okay, at least it's not as difficult to read as the one last Sunday, right? Okay, Ella was smiling. Okay, so we read in this verse, this is actually a sequel of what happened in Genesis chapter 14 last Sunday. And before we proceed further, I want us to review what are God's promises to Abraham? If we go back to Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13, we will see that God has promised Abraham 
that he's going to have descendants. And his descendants is going to become a great nation. And he also said that Abram's name will be great. Okay? It's not great as you see them in the movie theaters or you see them in the magazines. But God promised Abram that his name will be revered and he's going to be great. And we can also see that God promised blessing to Abram and promised blessings to his descendants. He even said that he will curse those who curse him and bless those who bless him. And then the Lord said, when Abram and, and Lot separated, he said, lift up your eyes as far as your eyes can see. The land that you see, I will give them to you. I remember when I was back in the Philippines, I had the opportunity to, to have a lunch with uh, Mr. Danding Kuanko. And after that, he showed me his plantation in Bacolod and uh, in, in Negros. And he told me, as far as your eyes can see, that belongs to us. I was stunned in awe. Okay? As far as your eyes can see. And God promised that to Abram. As far as your eyes can see, I am going to give that to you. He also said, that his descendants are going to inherit the land that he has promised. Now the question is, is this just a tale? Is this just a fable? Is this just something that was just written just for us to, un to know about it? No, this actually happened because in May 14, 1948, the, the country or the, the state of Israel was born. And God was true to his word that is going to make them a great nation. The people of Israel were scattered all over the world because of their disobedience to God. And yet, God was true to His promise. He said, I am going to gather you again, and you will become a nation. They are not just a nation, but they were great nation. If you see in here, you see some of the inventions that Israel had for the past few decades. Okay, I've seen in the Facebook there was a move that they wanted to boycott Israel products. You know what? If you do that, you guys will have to stop using your cell phones. Because the cell phones have been developed by the Israelites. Okay? The technology that we have, the drones, almost everything in the fields of science, in the fields of agriculture, they have been invented or they have been uh, developed by Israel. So we owe a lot from Israel. You, you think that it's America who developed all of this? No. The advance in technology came from Israel. And of course, some 2,000 years ago, the seed of Abraham was born in Bethlehem. And his name is Jesus. And he died on the cross for you and me. And that was the ultimate blessing that God has promised Abram, that your seed will be a blessing to all the nations. Salvation is the ultimate blessing. Blessing is not just money. Of course, everyone wants to have money. You guys want to have money or just me? Right? Last Sunday, it was in Filipino, ako lang, but now I will be in English, just me. Okay? So, 
it's not only money. It's not only possession. Salvation is the ultimate blessing that God has given to each and every one of us. Amen? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, it says, And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Who among you here belong to Christ? You belong to Christ if you have received him as your personal Lord and Savior. And the Bible says that if you belong to Christ, the inheritance that is the, the blessing that is given to, to Abraham, we are heirs. Therefore, we inherit the blessing. Pastor Reg, wow, blessing. Does it mean that God is going to give me land as far as my eyes can see? I can't even afford to buy land in the Paso or in the path. And all of a sudden, you're telling me that I am a descendant of Abraham? That's a lot of nonsense, Pastor Reg. Does it mean that I will have many children? Of course, some of you have many children. I can't even bear a son. And where is Abraham's promise? Now, let's look at God's promise to each and every one of us. God has promised us many things. The first promise that God has given us is the promise of salvation. The promise of salvation. He sent His Son to die on the cross for you and for me so that we will have salvation. So that in eternity, we will live with Him in heaven. And heaven is a promise given to each and every one of us. That is, if we belong to Christ. If you don't belong to Christ, then the smoking portion, the non-air-conditioned portion, the one with oven, and the one with, with, with a lake of fire is reserved for you. But if you are in Christ, heaven is reserved for you. Amen? Now, Abraham was promised a blessing of descendants. That means he's going to have a son. But what is God's promise to you? God promised us blessing of fruitfulness. What is the blessing of fruitfulness? You will be fruitful wherever you go. It is a blessing of life. Wherever you go, you bring life to people. When you go to your workplace, when you go to your offices, when you go to your factories, you bring life in that area. Because God has promised that whatever your hands will touch, it will be blessed. And when you are blessed, God has given you the promise of life. Life-bearing blessings. Amen? Amen? And of course, I mentioned earlier that God has promised us salvation. Now let's go back to our text. Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. After this things. Everybody follow after me. After these things. What does it mean when you say after these things? Is this just a literary bridge that bridges chapter 14 and chapter 15? 
Heck no. It was written there because, because something happened to Abraham between chapter 12 when God promised him that he's going to be blessed. Chapter 12, earlier we read that God has promised him blessing. God has promised him that he will be a father of many nations. God has promised him that he will have descendants. God has promised him that he will have a son. That was the promise. And what happened in chapter, chapter 13? Chapter 13, Lot and, and Abraham separated. There was a family trouble. There was, there was a disagreement between them. Okay, and what happened in chapter 14? Chapter 14, we see that, that uh, Lot was captured. He, was, he became a POW, not an OFW, but a prisoner of war. And, and Abram rescued him from the hands of the northern kings. And what happened to him in chapter 12, if we, if, if we go back, there was a famine in the land. And because of the famine, what did Abraham do? He went down to Egypt. Naturally, if there's a famine in your area, what do you do? You look for other ways so that you and your family will live. Just like us, many of us move here in the United States. Why? Because what? There's a dollar here in the U.S. It's a greener pasture. Right or correct? Same is true with Abram. There was a famine in the land, and he went down to Egypt. And because he went down to Egypt without consulting God, what happened? What happened? There was a mishap that happened in Egypt. The king of Egypt was attracted to the beautiful lady of Abram. And what did Abram told or instructed his wife? Don't tell the king that you're my wife. Tell him that you're my sister. Why? He feared for his life. You know what? Every time we go out of the will of God, every time we do things without consulting God, okay, it's not going to be a smooth sailing. We make mistakes. Who among you here make mistakes? I do. I make a lot of mistakes. But you know what? Every time we make a mistake, God is always there to restore us. God is always there to restore us. It doesn't mean that when you're a Christian, you avoid or you escape all of these uh, repercussions that we have done. No. But you know what? The grace of God is sufficient whenever you go through things like that. Amen? Amen? So, after these things, after these things, what are these after these things from the time the promise was given? Up to chapter 15, a lot of things had happened in the life of Abraham. We said that Abraham is the father of faith. And because of his faith, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Abraham was not perfect. We can see from verse 12 to verse 15, he faltered in some of his faith walk. He faltered in some of the decisions that he made. Right? He made a mistake. Because Abraham is just like you and me. 
the good news is, God has called Abram, and Abram was obedient, and he displayed that faith. You and me can do the same. You know, if you read the Bible, the Bible is not, it's not a book of superheroes. The Bible is a book of people who failed, and yet God picked them up and transferred them from one degree of glory to another degree of glory to another degree of glory. People who messed up in their lives. I messed up in my life. It's just me. I don't know with you. We messed up. We make wrong decisions. We make mistakes. And yet God in His mercy, God in His grace, pick, will pick us up and transfer us into the kingdom of light. Amen? Okay, say, uh, wake up the person next to you and say, wake up. Okay. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear. Why did God told Abram, do not fear? Why? Because Abram was afraid. There was fear in him. God will not just say to Abram, do not be afraid if Abram is not, is not afraid. Abram was fearful. Who among you here are afraid? Oftentimes I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what's going to happen. I'm afraid if uh, B9 becomes the president of the Philippines. I'm afraid if... if uh, No, I'm afraid if, who's the one running president here? I'm afraid if Donald Trump becomes the president. Okay? So I'm afraid if Iran attacks the U.S. with its nuclear bomb. I'm afraid if North Korea attacks South Korea and there's going to be another world war. I'm afraid what will happen to my children. Will my two girls marry a handsome gentleman like me? <laughs> Will my son marry a beautiful woman? Just like my W-I-F-E. <laughs> we are fearful of many things, right? We're afraid whether we're going to pass the test. Sometimes we're afraid whether we're going to go to college. Sometimes we're afraid to make both ends meet. Sometimes we're afraid whether our relationship will last. We are afraid of many things. And don't you think Abram felt the same? Probably. Right? Now, I have God's word for you this morning. It's found in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. And the Lord is telling somebody here this morning, do not fear. Do not be afraid. For I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. 
And this is the word of the Lord for each and every one of us this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Amen? And another verse in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Will God forsake you? The Bible says no. And the Bible says do not be afraid. For I am with you. I am going to go with you. I am going to go before you. In fact, we read last week that God is the, what? He's a warrior. He will fight your battle. Amen? So do not be afraid. Don't let fear rob your inheritance. A lot of people are missing God's blessing in their lives because of fear. A lot of us are missing the inheritance that is due us because of fear. And the Lord is telling us right now, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Tell the person next to you, do not be afraid. And ask the person next to you, why are you so anxious? Do you know, do you know why I know they're anxious? Because they are not smiling. Okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, smile. Do not be afraid. Because God is going to fight your battle. Amen? How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? You see, some of us are afraid to say yes. Sometimes we are handicapped because of our limitations. Who among you here have limitations? I have my limitations. I know I cannot fly. Okay? I know I cannot fly. And of course, I know I cannot sing. You want me to sing? Yeah. Never mind. That's my limitation. Okay? Sometimes we are handicapped by God's plan and purpose in our lives because of what? Our limitations. Let's look at verse 2. Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abram said, Since you have given me, or since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. You know, in the olden days, if you're a rich person and you don't have a son, you don't have children, the person or the servant, the senior servant that was born in your house has the the next person who can get your inheritance. In short, these are the chief servants. And Abram said, I don't have a child. Does that mean that my inheritance will go to my servant named Eleazar? Lord, you said you have a purpose and a plan for my life. 
But Lord, I am not tall. Lord, I cannot speak just like Jeremiah. Lord, you cannot use me. I'm limited. I'm very young. Lord, I cannot, I, I, I can't understand the Bible. I cannot share. Some of us will say, I am just, you know, like this, an ordinary employee. Why? Because I am not educated. We have our own respective limitations. Am I right or am I correct? Right? We reason out to God our limitations. Moses reasoned out to God that he is stuttering. Jeremiah reasoned out to God, Lord, I am young. Zacchaeus, he was short. Paul, he was a murderer. We have 101 reasons. You know, I like this. I, lived, I got this from one of my favorite preachers, Dr. Jack Hayford. He said, we do not necessarily doubt the promise of God, but we presume something about us has gotten on the way. And oftentimes we know that the promises of God are true. We know that the promises of God are yea and amen to those who are in Christ. But unfortunately, we still doubt because we set our own limits. We set certain boundaries. And I know that some of you, God has made a promise that God is going to bring you to a level of maturity, that God is bring, going to bring you to a level where you can be used for his kingdom. And yet you are reasoning out, Lord, I am nothing. I have not graduated from the college, from Bible school. I am even like Gijon. He said, I am the least of my family. I am the smallest. I am the ugliest. I am like the ugly duckling. But the Lord is telling us right now, let not this limitation hinder us from accomplishing and, and, and receiving the inheritance that God has given you and me. Oftentimes, it's not because we question God to fulfill His promises to us. But, but most of the time, we ourselves disqualify ourselves and we limit what God can do for you and for me. Let me share you Genesis chapter 14, verse 4. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, This man, or Eleazar, will not be your heir, but you will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. Most of the time, we rationalize the promise of God. Abraham was rationalizing the promise of God. God promised him a child, and Abraham said, probably my child is going to be my adopted child. But God was very firm. He said, no. The promises of God are irrevocable. Whatever God has promised 2,000 years ago is the same promise that God is telling you right now. The deal is still on. God's promises is still the same. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and 
forever. And in Matthew, it says that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will not return to me void. Every promise that God has given you will come to pass. Amen? Whether you are handsome, whether you are ugly, whether you are rich, whether you are poor, whether you're a Filipino, whether you're an Af American African, whether you're whatever it is, God's promise for you will come to pass. Provided we do not limit God and we do not limit ourselves. Let us watch this short clip. Hilo. Growing up in the hot Las Vegas desert, all I wanted was to be free. The age of 19, the day after I graduated high school, I moved to a place where it snowed. I went home from work early one day with what I thought was the flu, and less than 24 hours later, I was in the hospital on life support with less than a 2% chance of living. It wasn't until days later, as I lay in a coma, that the doctors diagnosed me with bacterial meningitis, a vaccine-preventable blood infection. Over the course of two and a half months, I lost my spleen, my kidneys, the hearing in my left ear, and both of my legs below the knee. When my parents wheeled me out of the hospital, I felt like I had been pieced back together like a patchwork doll. With my mom by my side and tears streaming down our faces, I strapped on these chunky legs and I stood up. They were so painful, I could think was, how am I ever going to travel the world in these things? How was I ever going to live the life full of adventure and stories as I always wanted? And how was I going to snowboard again? That day, I went home, I crawled into bed, and this is what my life looked like for the next few months. Me passed out, escaping from reality, with my legs resting by my side. Four months later, I was back up on a snowboard, although things didn't go quite as expected. My knees and my ankles wouldn't bend, and at one point, I traumatized all the skiers on the chairlift when I, <laughs> I fell, and my legs still attached to my snowboard. <laughs> went flying down the mountain. <laughs> and I was on top of the mountain still. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was just as shocked as everybody else. And I was so discouraged. But I knew that if I could find the right pair of feet, that I would be able to do this again. And this is when I learned that our borders and our obstacles can only do two things. One, stop us in our tracks. Or two, force us to get creative. I did a year of research, still couldn't figure out what kind of legs to use, couldn't find any resources that could help me. So I decided to make a pair myself. My leg maker and I put random parts together, and we made a pair of feet that I could snowboard in. 
As you can see, rusted bolts, <laughs> rubber, wood, and neon pink duct tape. It was these legs and the best 21st birthday gift I could ever receive, a new kidney from my dad, that allowed me to follow my dreams again. I started snowboarding, then I went back to work, then I went back to school, then in 2005 I co-founded a nonprofit organization for youth and young adults with physical disabilities so they could get involved with action sports. From there, I had the opportunity to go to South Africa, where I helped to put shoes on thousands of children's feet so they could attend school. And just this past February, I won two back-to-back -back World Cup gold medals. So the thought that I would like to challenge you with today is that maybe instead of looking at our challenges and our limitations as something negative or bad, we can begin to look at them as blessings. Are we bound by certain limitations in life? Just like Amy, he did not confine herself with the limitation that she had. She lost both of her legs, and yet she was a world champion. She was a world champion. You know, the kingdom of God operates just like a seed that is planted. And when that seed is planted, it will grow and it will bear fruit. If what you have in your hand is not enough for the harvest, turn it into a seed faith. And what is that? If what your limitation is holding you back, plant it, turn it over to God. And God is the one who's going to give that increase. Amen. Amen. Pastor Raj, I'm sick. Praise God, you're not dead. Pastor Reg, I'm short. Praise God, because you can be mobile. Pastor Reg, I cannot sing. Praise God, because you can still talk. Like Amy, she had no legs. What about you? What about you? Pastor Reg, I came from a poor family. I cannot even afford to go to college. God has given you the brain. You know, I read in, sometimes I, I seldom often open my Facebook, and when I open Facebook, I, 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 read, I read a lot of, of articles there. There was something that was posted on Facebook. A homeless child graduated with honors in high school. She was homeless. She was a Filipino. She lives under the bridge in Quiapo. She graduated with honors at Manila Science High School. She said, I study under the light of the st street lights. What about you? You have an air-conditioned room, you can't even study. You have everything, but this guy 
this lady. She has all the limitations. Amy has all the limitations. Amy could just, you know, she can just sit down and say, you know, poor me, I lost my leg. Poor me, I cannot do anything more. But what did Amy do? Even if it was difficult for her, she stood up, rise up, and moved on. Amen? Amen. Are we communicating? Yes. God's plan for you does not change. No matter what circumstance we go through in life. God's plan. You will be able to accomplish that the grace of God. Just like Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Three times he asked God to remove the thorn in the flesh. And yet God did not do it. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. We have the grace of God. And I'm telling you right now, God's grace is more than sufficient for you and for me. Look at the stars. And he took him out, outside, and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars if you are able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Look at the stars. Can anyone here count the stars? I can count three stars whenever I hit my head. Right? But the stars in heaven, nobody can count it. But God can count it, right? You know, when I was reading this last night, late last night, you know, when you read the Bible, sometimes you have to imagine things, what's going on. And I imagined Abram, God was talking to him in his tent room. You know, in the olden days, they don't, they don't have structures like this, right? They live in tents. Have you, any, any one of you have seen a tent? You know what I'm talking about? A tent. A tent is T-E-N-T. Tent. Okay? And the tent would probably look something like this. God was talking to Abram. And afterwards, Hill, come here. God called Abram. Let's go out. Look at the stars. You know what? My imagination is God probably put his arms around Abram and said, Abram, let's go out. Look at the stars. Count them. Count them if you can count them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. It was a beautiful scenery. Probably God and Abram was walking. And with his arms around Abram, look at the stars, my child. And that is my promise to you. Probably God was raising his hand. And afterwards, I am going to bless you. <laughs> you know what? Every time the hand of God touches your life, every time God touches your limitations, God is going 
to bless it. We need to receive the touch of God so that whatever limitations we have, it will be blessed. And sometimes we are just under our own tents. And because we are inside our tent, we cannot see the stars. And the God that promised Abraham that I will bless you is the same God that promised, that showed Abraham, I was the one who created those stars. Is there anything too difficult for me? Let God touch your limitations. Let us not be confined in our own tents. Because all we see if we are inside our tent is just the ceiling. Or even if you live in the mansion, if you are confined in your mansion, all you see is just the ceiling and the lights. But if you go out and see the grandeur beauty of God's creation, God is telling you right now that my promises to you are yea and amen. And I am the one who created the universe. Can I not fulfill my promise? Amen? Amen. And we can see that because Abram believed, it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham was not perfect. Abraham faltered in his faith. I falter a lot in my faith. And praise God, I have the Holy Spirit, my wife, who always reminds me. And sometimes I would doubt. Not because I doubt God, because I doubt in myself. And God is telling us right now, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Whatever limitations you have, give it to God. And God is going to turn it around. I was reminded last Friday, we had a good, in, in our D group, we had a good discussion. Uh, we are actually overextended our time. And, you know, one of the things that, that came up in the discussion, sometimes we have limitations. Okay? Sometimes we are not able, able to rescue others. Because what? Because we don't know the scriptures. Because it's cetera, so on and so forth. Okay? A lot of limitations in the office. But you know what? If we just step out in faith, I am pretty sure God is going to bless us. And on October 31, there was going to be an encounter. Everybody needs an encounter. I need an encounter. Even if I have encountered Jesus in my life before, I still need to have that encounter. All of us need an encounter. A lot of our relatives need an encounter. Yesterday, we had lunch with, with, with my relatives. And my heart is really bleeding to see our relatives who have not known the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior. Issues, family issues. And I'm glad that some of my relatives are going to attend this encounter. What about you? 
at the very least, Pastor Isang was saying, they will just say no. Our friends, our offices, um, uh, office mates, they need to have an encounter. So I want you to grab flyer. Uh, where's the flyer? It flew away. Okay. Those who need the flyer, okay, please raise your hand. At least, yeah, we have. Oh, it's in the Chronicle. Okay, thank you. It's also in the Chronicle. We want you to register. Those who have attended, there are two things that I want you to do. Number one, invite somebody. Invite somebody. Number two, if you are being led by the Lord, I want you to volunteer as a group facilitator. We have some logistical needs. By the way, just an update, we are going to have child care. Who among you here have children like me? Okay, we have child care. Okay, second, we have announced that bring your own food. We now have volunteers to help with the food. So that means we will have overflowing coffee, probably some soda, some donuts probably, or, or biscuits, and then we will have lunch. We will have lunch. So that's why I'm saying this is not actually free. The church is spending for this. We are sponsoring everybody to join this encounter. Amen? So who among you here will bring somebody on Friday, on 31 October? Biglang nawala. Okay, I know you guys will bring somebody. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess it. And again, Abraham doubted God. He said, Oh Lord God, how may I know that I will possess it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and three-year-old female goat and three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. God asked Abram to bring him a three-year-old heifer, a goat, a ram, and a turtle dove. These are the animals that they use to offer a sacrifice for the remission of sins. I was asking God, Lord, why ram, why goat, why turtle dove? You know what, in, in the olden days, when you are rich, okay, you bring a ram. Okay, they have, they have what you call is uh, rich people, those who can afford, they bring a ram, some of them goats. But the poor ones, they bring a pigeon. In short, when they go to God, 
when they worship God, they have to bring something. You know what? What does it tell us? When God initiated the covenant with Abram, that covenant was meant for the rich, for the poor, for the Filipino, for the Asian, for the Chinese, for the Japanese, for the American. God does not look at our merits because Christ died for each and every one of us. And John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes put their faith in God will be saved, will have everlasting life. Amen? I really don't have the time to move on on the details of the covenant. But let me just tell you what happened. So God instructed Abraham to cut these animals okay, and line them and that, so that two people can go in between. What is this covenant? You know, in our days, we have what you call contract. Contract. Who of you here have heard the word contract? You have marriage contract, right? What is a contract? It is a binding agreement between two people or two parties. And the contract is notarized, it is sealed, so that it is executory. Right? Okay. And if somebody violates the contract, what happens? The contract can be null and void. But in this particular case, in the olden days, they don't have lawyers. But God initiated a covenant. God initiated a contract with Abram. And what was that contract? That I will bless you, I will make you a great nation, and you will have descendants, etc., so on and so forth. That was the covenant that God made to Abraham. And to seal that covenant, God instructed Abraham to bring those animals. So Abraham did that. And all of a sudden, you know, God is a doctor, right? He injected some anesthesia to Abraham, and Abraham fell asleep. The word that is used here is the same word that is used in the Garden of Eden when God put Adam to sleep. Abram was sleeping. Do you know the reason why God made Abram to sleep? So that Abram can just rest while God initiated the covenant. What does it mean? God is initiating a covenant for you and for me. And, but God doesn't want you to do anything other than to believe and trust Him. You don't have to be good. You don't have to do this. You don't need to do that to be party of the covenant. The Bible says we just have to accept Him and that covenant will be in place. Who wants here to be a party of the covenant? For those of you who have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you are party to the covenant. 
But for those who have not yet known Him as your personal Lord and Savior, it is my prayer, it is my desire that you get to know Him as your Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. Did you learn something this morning? Yes. Okay. I actually have 64 slides, but we will stop on the 53rd slide. Okay, let us pray. And I know that God has spoken to many of us. And I know that, you know, the words of God are powerful. It is sharper than two any edged sword. And I pray that after this service, we will have the fear that we have in our lives. Let's give it to God. And whatever limitations we have, let's give it to God. Father in heaven, we thank you. You're indeed a great, good God. Thank you so much, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross so that the covenant, Lord, will be in effect in our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for those who are here, those of us who have, are still entertaining fear in our lives. Lord, I pray that we will always be reminded that, Lord, whenever we cling to you and we commit those fears to you, Lord, you will take care of the rest. Those of us who are limited by our limitations, I pray, dear Father God, that you will go out of those limitations and see the grandeur of your creation so that we will be reminded that it is the God who created everything is the one that's making a promise to each and every one of us. Lord, for those who are sick in their bodies, Father, I speak healing to them in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God, that you will heal them and not only their physical bodies, but more importantly, Lord God, their soul will be healed. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.